Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned that this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Bayana. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we are discussing chapter 29 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, The Phoenix Lament. We have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts. So please feel free to tweet along with us and use the hashtag WizardTeam on Twitter to follow along. Love our blog, love Wizard Team. have a few extra galleons lying around. Donate to Black Girls Create. You can become a Patronus or send us a cheering charm at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. We now have Wizard Team merch. Head over to our website and step up your nerd fashion, stationary game, our stories at dftba.com, but you can find everything at blackgirlscreate.org and then in the menu navigation, navigate yourself to merch. If you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, rate and review us on iTunes. Also, subscribe to Black Witches Weekly, our newsletter curated by Wizard Bay Deborah with nerd news and links to what's been going on. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. You can do that at blackgirlscreate.org. Um, and we are wrapping up book six. This is the second to last episode or second to last chapter of this book. Um, and so we'll be doing a live tweet of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the movie, on Saturday, November 10th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Um, we will use the hashtags wizard team and HPHBP. Um, so join us. And don't forget to get to contact your lawyers if you suffer from HPHBP. And see a doctor. And both, both and. Because the lawyer can help you get monetary compensation for your HP, HBP, but the doctor can help you, you know, get cured, if there is a cure. We don't know. We don't. And now, for Wizard Team News. Um, happy Halloween. Hey! Shout out to, to that. Today is Halloween. Um... Which means a lot of things happened on Halloween in the wizarding world. There are um, trolls and some, dungeons. Some sad things, like Lily and James Potter were killed. But then also, like, Voldemort was defeated. Um, uh, the troll was in the dungeon, but also Sirius Black broke into uh, Hogwarts um, in 1993. Um, what else happened? It's uh, nearly Headless Nick's death day. So that's oh, cool or not cool, depending on your perspective on the situation. Um, I feel like now it's been at least, like, 400 years, so, like, at this point, it's, like... It's a celebration. Yeah, you know? Um, what else has happened? Uh, I'm probably missing, like, two things, but there, there are a lot. A of lot things. of things. A lot of things. Halloween is a magical day, and in the Wizarding World, magical, more magical things happen than normal. Yeah. Yeah. For good um, or bad. For good, Yeah. Things things happen. It beats. I'm celebrating by eating a Kit Kat, which I figured out after I did it was a bad idea because this is a podcast. Yeah. But I thought for our Patronuses who are joining us on the stream, I was like, "Look, we're eating candy on Halloween." Yeah, we had our first Halloween episode. I did not. Um, well, I ate candy earlier when we were having our meeting. I mean, Natsu got a bunch of candy randomly on Friday um, when she was just as a professor at McGonagall. Me um, too. And and Robin did too. But what I'm I'm saying Ami specifically because I've just been like randomly raiding her backpack for candy. Um, but now I think all the chocolate's gone, so I don't What's really care that much about what she has left. 
So, you know, whatever. I took a York peppermint patty from her, but I have two Twizzlers. Oh, Who wants Twizzlers? Who wants a Twizzler? Like, all that really Gross. matter are Reese's, Snickers, and Twix. And I took all of those from her. So then I was... And, like, what? M&M's are cool. So, like, I fucks with M&M's, but they're not my favorite. And 100 grams. Oh, yeah, I got some M&M's. I had, a, I had 100 grand earlier today, and they're I just don't... Better. I don't like it. Really? It's like, my, I don't not like it. I think I just... It's too... Like, the, the inside. I don't know. Something about I it. I grew up not. with my... With eating them with my dad, and so they're, like, my Yeah. Jam. No, like, I had one earlier. Caramellos. Yeah, I don't. I don't dislike a hundred grams. Like, cause I definitely had one earlier today, and like the taste is fine. I just wish there was more crunch and less stick, like sticky. If that makes sense. Yeah, like a like a like a Snickers has like the caramel, and so it is. It has that element, but it's crunchier. So then that's why I see. And I can't rock with it. I can't rock with a Snickers. Yeah, yeah. Like there's too much peanut or nuts. I don't like the nuts. Yeah. No. Um. So yeah, let's let's move on. Hope y'all are having a good Halloween. Whether that means um, passing out candy, dressing up yourself and or your kids, um, or locking your house down and turning all the lights off and disappearing, because that is also a way to celebrate is to act like you're not home. Um, so whichever way you decide to celebrate, I hope you have fun doing that. Um, I'm going to be trick or treating with um, Ami, Ami Nerva McGonagall, well, but she won't be Ami Nerva then. True. She'll be Ami, Ami Shuri. Shuri. Yeah, the Ami Nerva was a Friday thing for an event we were going to go to that d- we didn't actually make it to. But then she still got to like roll around or walk, be around town in her outfit. Ami Nerva. So it was and, still worth it. And. She gave 100,000 points to Ravenclaw. She did. And we won the House Cup until she realized that as Aminerva, she was a Gryffindor. And then she told us we had to share, which was bullshit. Yeah. yeah. I want to recount. But. Yep. It was great. Yeah. And her British accent is spot on. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So moving, moving on. on. We have some new Patronuses. So shout out to Tiana, who's actually in the chat. Um, hey. And shout out to Wesley. For being Patronuses. Y'all are real ones. Um, we also got a cheering charm from Paulina. So thank you, everyone, for your patronage. Um, and That really makes me want to bust up in my Jane Eyre. Also, shout out to Vanessa Zoltan, who joined us last week. And then, again, on Saturday, me and Bayana were out. And guess who bought another Jane Eyre? Bayana did. It no, wasn't I'm me. Kidding. I did. It wasn't me. I did. I bought another one, but it's really pretty, and it's one of those Barnes and Noble ones, so it's like They're not, not like even that expensive. amazing, and it was ten dollars. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go back for the Pride and Prejudice too, probably. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I can't be collecting Harry Potter's, Jane Eyre's, and Pride and Prejudice. I mean, you do with your money what you will. True. Who's gonna tell you? Who's gonna stop you? Magical birthdays. So, yesterday, Tuesday, um, is Maggie's birthday. So, shout out to Maggie. Shout out to Maggie. Maggie who is awesome. And um, if you, in celebrate, well, I guess technically it's like belated, but like in celebration for her birthday, you could go back and listen to the Wizard Team bonus episode we did with her on magical Systems. systems, education, things. Um... I feel like we talked about a lot in that episode, so that's why I can't remember specifically. But it was but all lovely because Maggie was It was very was there. fun. It was awesome, <laughs> and Maggie's great. Um, she shares a birthday with Mrs. Weasley. Uh oh, is Portia typing? Is, 
No, Porsche is not here. Not here. Porsche got anyway. business to handle. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so she shares her birthday with Mrs. Weasley, so shout out to Molly and Maggie. Um, and then, of course, we mentioned earlier in the Halloween thingy that it's today is nearly Headless Nick's death day. Um, so shout out to him and like congratulations maybe i don't i don't really know how one's like i think celebrates i think it's such congratulations are in order he had like cake and stuff when he invited harry potter yeah and i'm hoping um for your death day nick i i once again renewed my with with renewed vigor wrote to the headless hunt and said Mm -hmm. step your game up Mm mm-hmm yes let nick in important yeah. That's very important. Okay. Previously on Wizard Team, Harry uh, chases after Snape and Malfoy. Um, this is like right after Snape kills Dumbledore. And he's running after them to try to get them. He's running through this like battleground with the Death Eaters and the Order and teachers of Hogwarts are fighting it out. Um, they run... Um, Hagrid is attacked by a Death Eater and has to deals with that. Um, we find out that Snape is the half blood prince. It is him. It is bum, he. Bum, bum. Um, what else happens? Snape and, and Malfoy end up getting away, even though Buckbeak came through and was like, not about to, you know, be out here tagging my friends. Um, and then they, so after Snape and gets away, Harry kind of tells Hagrid what happened. Hagrid doesn't really believe him, but then they walk over to the back over to the castle, um, and they see Dumbledore is in fact dead. Um, Harry gets the finds the locket that he and Dumbledore had gone to retrieve in the cave, so like two chapters ago, two three chapters ago, um, and finds out that it's not in fact a Horcrux, but a replacement because someone, a mysterious person named R.I.B., took the locket. And it, with the intention of destroying the Horcrux, um, and then replaced it. So it's not clear whether that other Horcrux was was destroyed at this point, or if, you know, or where it is at all. Right. So we don't we we don't know we don't know who Rab is. We don't know what happened to the locket. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We don't know. We yep. lost. Yep. And no. now, or, and then, currently, no. What we just go into it? <laughs> yeah, let's let's do this. Chapter twenty nine, the Phoenix Lament. Um, so Hagrid's trying to get Harry to leave uh, Dumbledore's side. Um, so he's like, "Come on!" And Harry's like, "No!" He's like, "You can't stay here." Um, and then Harry's like, "Watch me." Right, so he's like, um, so then Harry, yeah, so Harry doesn't want to leave Dumbledore's side, but then Jenny comes and is like, Harry, come on. Um, and then without, so he obeyed the, its pressure without really thinking about it. Um, so he doesn't realize that it's Jenny at first, but I think the point is that, like, he's supposed to recognize that it's her without really recognizing that it's her, and then that's why he goes with His her. His comforting, her comforting touch and yeah, yeah. The, the instinctual feeling of love and which I don't want to say it is like skepticism and like uh, and whatever, but like also kind of like because it, you know we talked about it wasn't really earned, so it feels like you know, whatever. Um, I have been doing a rewatch of Doctor Who, and you know <clears throat> I have a lot of issues with season six 
and mm-hmm. seven. Well, as we all do. But the one thing that they did do was like Rory and Amy earned every bit of that relationship. Like even mm-hmm. when like they decided to do that dumb shit, they got divorced or whatever. <laughs> and like which lasted like twenty minutes or whatever the fuck. Um even that was like stupid and like shouldn't have happened, but the payoff in that emotional beat worked because you've seen like you've seen Rory stand by a box for two thousand years. You've seen like Amy watching him die over and over and over again. And um waiting for him for thirty nine years in that weird planet and naming her robot after him and like you've Mm -hmm. like you know what I mean? Like you you there was a lot of showing and not telling. And with Harry and Ginny, it was all just like, there's a monster in Harry's chest, and now look at it, aren't they made for each other? And you're just yeah. like, how? Right. When? Because Why? I do think that, like, as a thing, or like a narrative choice, like having her be like, all right, Harry, we gotta go, and him being like, okay, you know, without... The, like, I think that that's, like, on on its face, like, it's sweet, and, like, it's cute, and if it was another... If it, if it had been built up to that, and I feel like... It's it's been done before in other stories where it didn't make me feel like okay whatever um, yeah and so really it is about the the development of that relationship as not so much as like the actions of what just happened right because right? um um but also the fact that we must remember that Harry treated Jimmy like dirt Harry's treated all the girls that he's I was gonna say I I don't think Harry I don't did Harry treat Jimmy like dirt or did he just he thought about think her of like her in a way that's not. He thought of her, her agency. Yeah, he thought yeah. of her in a very gross way, and because we had to be a party to his thoughts. Yeah, I will say yeah, and that has a lot to do with like J.K. Rowling's own blind spots in like you know how you write about women and think about women and yes. Anyway, that's not the point. I mean, that's the point, but it's not the point of. This chapter. Um, so they are walking back to the castle. Sobs and shouts and wails stab the knight, but Harry and Ginny walked on. Um, they, they're going up to the hospital wing on McGonagall's orders. Um, everyone's up there, Ron, Hermione, and Remus, and everyone. Um, and then Harry forgets, like, Harry starts to become, you know, he's afraid again, and he's like, who else is dead? Um, don't worry, none of us. But the dark mark, Malfoy said he stepped over a body. He stepped over Bill, but it's all right, he's alive. Um, there was something in her voice, however, mm. that Harry knew boded ill. Are you sure? He said. And she's like, of course I'm sure. He's a bit of a mess, that's all. Greyback attacked him. Madame Pomfrey says he won't won't look the same anymore. Um, her voice trembles a little bit. So, like, I get it, right? Because, you know, this is her oldest brother and somebody nice. terrible cool. And everyone's looked up to him. and Right. And, and you know, they, they love that kid. They love that kid he's their older brother they love him right <laughs> like that's that's like he's their jam um yeah. and so like he's hurt and like while it is not fatal like he's still hurt in a way that's like really gruesome and terrifying and like you know he probably has some residual residual body odor from Fenrir who hasn't showered in at least a year so there's just a lot happening I hope Madame Pomfrey is checking for infections that aren't werewolf related you know just like just pure hygiene just like like, hepatitis C that's a good one that's the first one tuberculosis perhaps rabies do you think he can have rabies 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 yeah he seems like the type 
You know, that and that would be that would really suck for Floor. Like what happens mm-hmm. when Floor and Bill go off to the to the glades and then like a flood comes and then all of a sudden Bill atta- Bill's attacking her and she got to shoot him. Like that just seems that seems like a bad idea. And then she got to go back to like her old husband's place and everybody looking at her. No? Right. Nobody wants that. Nope. I hope Nobody people understood that. that really long <laughs> silly reference anyway i didn't um, really but i just played along oh well floor then goes back home to watch god to watch god why would you watch god you wouldn't you because that's a thing that oprah added to the movie i'm talking about oh yeah (laughs) there we go there we go. Woo! <laughs> I'm sorry. I, sh- I know that I shouldn't stray in channels while we're recording, but I went into Magical Creatures and Lauren put in a picture of a dog, a doggy, as, like in a ghost Halloween costume, and it's so cute. And so then I was like, I don't know. I just, I couldn't make the connections anymore. It's fine. I, it was real roundabout. It, it just popped <laughs> in my head just now. People in the chat, they're like, you mentioned rabies, and I immediately went... Yeah, yeah, and I gave it to cake. you, and I should have been able to follow along, but I just... <laughs> it's fine. It's totally fine. Couldn't. Um, okay, so we don't really know what the after effects will be. I mean, Greyback, Greyback being a werewolf, but not transformed at the time. Um, and actually, that is funny, because then I said, hopefully not an aversion to water, which I mostly meant because, like, homeboy doesn't wash his ass, but, like, also could be rabies. Um, could be rabies. Netflix. Uh, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, wait, just, Let's wait. just breathe. Let's all just breathe. No, but, like. Start over. I mean, okay, like, thinking about, like, shout out to Danielle and thinking about rare pairs and, like, this is awkward and kind of probably not a no. good one just because, like, Flitwick is really old. But, like, I just put Neville and Flitwick's name together and at the very least, maybe it's a tugboat relationship. I could tugboat it. for Just Netflix. for the shipping name because the, the it Netflix. It's totally not on purpose, I will say. Like, I definitely did name. not mean to say Netflix, but, like, now that I'm looking at it, it could, it could, could be a thing. It could be. Okay, Neville and Professor Flitwick are both hurt. Um, but Madame Pomfrey said they'll be all right. A Death Eater's dead. He got hit by a killing curse that the huge blonde one was firing off everywhere. Harry, if we hadn't have had your Felix potion, I think we'd have all been killed. But everything just seemed to miss us. So, like, at the very least, I do think that that has to be a little bit comforting. That, like, you know, even though I did tell you to go and, like, patrol the corridors, which... You could have just been in bed. You could have... You could have not had a little bit of help. Yeah. So there's that. Um, So they got to the hospital wing. Harry saw Neville lying apparently asleep in a bed near the door. Ron, Hermione, Luna, Tonks, and Lupin were gathered around another bed near the far end of the ward. Um, Hermione ran to Harry and hugged him. Remus moved forward, too, because he's a dad. That is Harry's father, okay? Father figure. (laughs) Um, I will be your father figure. I have had enough. Oh, yeah. I will be Let's the one, one who loves you until the end of time. Yikes. I'll just put George Michael in there instead of what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> Are you all right, Harry? I'm fine. How's Bill? 
Um, no one answered. Harry uh, looked over Hermione's shoulder and saw an unrecognizable face lying on Bill's pillow, um, so badly slashed and ripped that he looked grotesque. Um, really? Harry remembered how Snape had mended Malfoy's septum simper wounds. Can you fix them with a charm or something? He asked Madame Pomfrey, and she says, no charm will work on these. I've tried everything I know, but there is no cure for well- for werewolf bites. Um, he wasn't, But he wasn't bitten at the full moon, said Ron. Greyback hasn't transformed, so surely Bill won't be a, a real. He looked uncertainly at Lupin. So this is something that, like, I want to bring up. I probably will bring up at least another time. Um, should definitely bring it up now. Is the way... I definitely want to bring it up now, but I feel like there's another moment that I want to bring it up too. But, like, the way that they look to Remus for comfort that, like... Or for, like, reassurance that mm-hmm. the, that Bill won't be a werewolf while also, like... Because in their head, right, that's the worst thing in the world, but then also, like, that's Remus is a werewolf. <laughs> so it's, like, relying on the marginalized person to assure you that you won't be marginalized <laughs> and won't be treated in the same way or, like, won't be... Or that you're someone that you care about won't be treated the same way they are. Just feels really gross to me. Yeah, because it's, it's also, it's a matter of, like, I don't want my loved one to go through this thing that I am doing nothing to make sure that other people don't go through as well. It's the, you know, oh, okay. It's the Caitlyn Jenner of... I am coming up, I'm coming out and standing up against the president because of his horrible transgender policy, even though I supported him while he ripped babies out of their parents' arms and mocked people with disabilities and said mm-hmm. the most vile and racist shit. Like, that was mm-hmm. fine. But then he came for me. Right. And how? And I. And now I need you to comfort me for being persecuted and applaud me for my brave stance on right. you know and i and i and i standing do, and up against i don't want to like say it as like because i'm not i want i don't want to make it seem like we're not saying that these are valid these aren't valid things right. right because they do live in a society where being a werewolf is like is not a um like at that point like you you it's very difficult to to move about in society there are a lot of stereotypes that go against that you're you know you're you probably lose your job there's like it's a also lot of things painful that happen, right? and but, a, a huge shift in your life like right and, and it's mean, not to say that that's not like a real consideration <laughs> i think that if remus was not a werewolf and they were just asking him as like defense against the dark arts professor or some shit or like you know what i mean like you know a lot about the dark arts you would know then like fine but when you're looking to someone who is that particular identity and being like i'm not going to have to deal with or like my this person isn't going to have to deal with this are they or like because it's not just like oh bill is going to have a really hard time if he's a werewolf it's also they also have stereotypes about werewolves yeah. what, right like even bill's going to try to bite whatever, me bill's going he's their to token friend, yeah. right he's not he's not one of many werewolves that they hang out with so it just it feels really and it's um, also like you're a special werewolf <laughs> That too. I mean, it is that too. You're I'm one of the like, good ones, which I mean, totally is kind of true, friend. but he's, yeah. He's, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the black friend, he's their werewolf friend. Um, and so having, I think that like forcing Remus to be in that position and I'm sure like he, you know, we know that Remus at this point is very much on some, like, if I even have friends, then I should be grateful to them for whatever, for, for gaining to, to... <laughs> to sit next to me, yeah. um, which is an internalized thing. But so I don't know that he's necessarily feeling resentful about it because I'm sure he's also worried about Bill, but for them to just like, 
keep going to him for comfort and reassurance is feels gross to me. I also think that there is something to like a re I mean Remus was very young when he was tur- transformed or whatever. Um but it has to be kind of traumatizing too for him. It's I mean literally like when uh, when you see someone in pain mm-hmm. like that's very traumatic whether like if it's your friend or a stranger like every time you see people suffering I'm like I don't know if it's unnecessarily if that's the right word but you know like it, it's it's painful and then to be thrust into the position of being the comforter um and right. everyone expecting you to to give comfort and not and not and not comfort because I do want to like again not comfort because that's your friend or like these are people that you care about or like you really want to make sure that Bill's okay and like you want to make sure that they know that Bill will be okay like those are all valid things right but I think that like we also have to consider the power. Well, those are also that things that he would give like he they are asking him in part because they're like I said again like if they are asking him because he's a defense against the dark arts professor and whatever then like fine or like because he has specific knowledge fine but they are also ask like they would not turn to him if he was not a werewolf yeah if he didn't already have that experience if that wasn't already a part of it's asking it's asking the marginalized person to explain racism right it's a very similar thing okay i'm gonna pause it there because it's gonna come up again and i have more things (laughs) i just feel like we should yeah but yeah but it yeah it feels weird to me or not good um and that's also, I do want to say, it's also not to say that that shouldn't be what happened just now. Right. I mean, there's, there's, are, no, there are, there's no, there's no real interrogation of it, which is why it becomes like, which is why I think it's more gross than if like, I think that it makes sense that Ron asks Remus this, like narrative wise and, and like personality wise and relationship wise, I think it all makes sense. It's not to say that that wouldn't happen, but I think that if this was a different book, there would be some interrogation of that. Of the fact that it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Remus says, I don't think Bill will be a true werewolf, but that doesn't mean that there won't be some contamination. Those are cursed wounds. Bill might have some wolfish characteristics from now on. You know, you might like a steak a little bit rare. A little bit rare these days. You know, you know. Um, Which everyone and- should just know. Yeah, Even and I, I mean, I think that's, a, that's one of the things that's going to be really frustrating, too, about watching the movie in a couple weeks, is that, like, Bill is not in the Half-Blood Prince movie, so we don't meet him, and so we don't get this moment. Like, we we only get, like, oh, Dumbledore died, and that's really difficult, but we don't get the other, um, the other parts of, like, this is real, like, the war is really hard, and, like, it's happening at Hogwarts right now, and it, like, physically came to Hogwarts, and there was this entire battle in the school, and... You know, people got, like, a Death Eater died, like, physically died. And, like, you know, people are hurt and, and injured. And Bill is, you know, he is about, he's, like, physically changed, but forever. Um, like all those things are not hair. really put into the movie. And so it makes it, so then when he comes in, like, yeah, I just got in a little, a little scrapple with a werewolf. Like, then it's, like, really, then it's, like, being played off for jokes as opposed to, like, not. Also, do we even know who Fenrir is no like he, he pop, Fenrir is in Fenrir is in Half-Blood Prince but no but introduction he's not, he's not named yeah he's just, just like a weird looking dude you're just supposed to know that he because he kind of looks wolfish you're just supposed to know that's who he is and right. that's it um 
And he's also, I think, they make him a Death Eater so he can do the weird smoke fly thingy. But, yeah. Anyway, um, Dumbledore... I don't know this movie at all, so it's going to be interesting. You said what? I don't know this movie at all. Like, you're saying these things. I remember certain... I remember him being in the in this movie because I remember him burning down the bar, which is the only thing I remember about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember him doing the weird... I don't remember that they did the weird fly operate death eater That thing. was how the burrow got set on fire because they, like, run into it. It was weird. It didn't make sense. We'll get there. Um, Dumbledore might know something that would work, though, said Ron. Where is he? Bill fought those maniacs Ooh. on Dumbledore's orders. Dumbledore owes him. He can't Ooh. leave him in this state. So, also, can we just again acknowledge how problematic Ron is? Like, that sentence, without even, like, t- without the Dumbledore stuff, like, mm-hmm. or the fact that Dumbledore's dead and he doesn't know it, but, like, Dumbledore owes him, he f- he did this on Dumbledore's orders, like, one, Bill is Bill a grown man, a Bill made a choice. It's the same way that it's, you went to go patrol the corridors right. because Harry told you to. It's the exact same thing. Right. And, and also, like, no one, you're not owed anything. Like, also, Dumbledore did not bite him. Fenrir did that. Mm-hmm. So what is he owed? Like, he's not. Like, that, it's not to say that. And if he like, was owed that, something, like, yeah, it's, Dumbledore's it not on the Dumbledore's one orders, right? to pay but I think it. what it does is it takes Bill's agency away yeah. from the situation. Because he did do it on Dumbledore's order. Sure. That is that is true. That is true. true. Right? But I also think that Bill goes into it knowing that there's some kind of risk. And it's like, it goes, actually, honestly, it goes back to the beginning of Order of the Phoenix when Sirius and Molly are having that argument about, like, they're just kids and they don't understand. And Fred and George are like, we want to join the Order. And Ron's like, me too. And, like, Ron and Harry are also like, me too. Um, But part of Molly's, I mean, even Sirius, because Sirius is like, nah, you can't join the Order, right? Like, they're Mm -hmm. all like, nah, shut up, kids. You don't even, you haven't even graduated school yet. Um... But part of it, too, is that in their head, it's, like, this glamorous thing. And, like, especially for, like, the trio, like, they fought Voldemort before. They've done all these things that, you know, Romulus, he's like, I was dragged under a tree by a dog. Like, look at me. I'm, you know, I came out stronger, whatever. But not really understanding, like, the true horror of, like, battle and war and and having to, like... And war. Really understand the sacrifices. And Ron, like only semi-understands the sacrifices, even at this point. Like, he doesn't... Like, this is the first time where he really... I mean, you know, like, they lost Sirius last, in the last year or whatever, and so he got that, but it still didn't hit him, like, his family personally, and so this is the first time where he really, I think, understands, or not even understands, but is seeing that, like, it comes for everyone, and everyone is making these sacrifices, and they made the choice to do that. Like, Sirius made the choice to join the Order and fight against Voldemort, and, like, obviously there were a lot of things in play that contributed to him dying in that moment, but it's not like, you know, we hear, I would have died. Like, that's, he does not care, like, that's not his issue, right? Like, he is fine to sacrifice his life and sacrifice himself for the things that he believes in. Bill is very much the same way, um, and Ron doesn't fully learn that, I think until after he leaves in the next book. But I also think that it's more than that. I think it's like, yeah, Sirius signed up for it. And Sirius is this like wild card and blah, 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 blah. And not that he's not sad that Sirius died, but like Sirius is not like. It's not his family, right? Like it's not. It's not even that. Yes, it's not his family, but also it's like we can't die. Like, we don't, this is not, it, it, the, the way in which he says Dumbledore owes him, like, 
we did this big favor. Like, we have no mm-hmm. skin in this game. Everything that we're doing here is because we're doing it because we're so nice. And mm. it, and we're so virtuous. And, like, while that may be true, like, for him, it's like Sirius had to fight because he was on the run. And he was, you know, his parents were Death Eaters and blah, 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 blah. And he's, you know, a blood traitor, whatever. Um... I get the I just get the feel the sense in Ron's words of like of that like you know that ally who's like I'm down for the cause and then the cops come or the protest gets a little too real and they're like pack it up let's go home like mm-hmm. law and order you know what I mean and like yeah. I and then that's what I'm getting from that like because again I just want to say this like Dumbledore asked Bill to join the order, but Bill chose. Dumbledore asked Bill to be there, but Dumbledore did not bite Bill. If 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 Bill is owed something, he's owed it from Fenrir, who yeah. who did the the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can ask you to ride with me and like ride or die or whatever, but I didn't shoot. You know what I mean? Like there just is like there's this line that. I don't think, and I think it comes up, it comes up more in the next book, even like, I don't think that Ron gets, which is the, I think the, the, the Ron is not accepting of the fact that like, yes, I signed up for this fight, but I, that actually means that I have to sacrifice something and lose Mm -hmm. something. Right. And he hasn't had to do that before. And so this is the first time where he's kind of, again, I don't think that he's realizing it. I think that he's immediately being like, well, this isn't fair and this shouldn't have happened. And it's such and such his fault. Right. Yeah. Um, And that's why I'm saying like, it takes until after he leaves to then realize like, no, like this is a part of it and I have to, but this is kind of like maybe the beginning of that. Yeah. If that makes sense. Uh, Yeah. Um, Ron, Dumbledore's dead, said Jenny. No, Loomis looked, or Loomis, Lupin. I hate that they say Lupin, and I just want to say Remus. Remus looked wildly from Jenny to Harry. Um, and then, as though hoping the latter might contradict her, but when Harry did not, he collapsed into the chair by Bill's bed, his hands over his face. Um, Harry had never seen Remus lose control before. He felt as though he was intruding upon something private, indecent. Um, so again, like, I think, I think it's, good to see and we've talked about this a bit like I mean now it's been a minute but talking about like we see a lot how Harry puts his faith in Dumbledore and it's very much like Mm -hmm. Dumbledore is you know he's the greatest wizard of all time he's all this stuff everything's fine as long as he's here but like a lot of these people it's not just Harry like Harry's only been in this world and has relied on Dumbledore for like six years um and a lot of them like Dumbledore is literally the reason that Remus was able to go to school um and so there, I think that there, you know, you see that there are other people who really have these relationships with Dumbledore, whether like Dumbledore's motives aside. Um, I think that like a lot of people who are affected by this. And so I think in this moment, um, Harry seeing Remus, who is an adult and who has always kind of like been there for him and like his support. Mm-hmm. Um, then break down. I think it makes him uncomfortable. Also, just like you know, somebody who he admires and often is there for him when he has his moments is now having a moment like publicly or like in front of him. And I think that that's also 
a hard thing for him. And I think it's also important to think about the fact that, like, since Sirius is gone, Remus doesn't have many people that he can he feels comfortable, like, visiting and talking to and, and confiding in. And, like, Harry is, like, loves him and is, you know, his godson, but... But he doesn't write. He doesn't write. And he's a kid. Yeah. Like, and so... Loom- Loomis, Jesus. Lupin has um, Arthur Weasley's, kind of, but, like, he doesn't have a relation, like, a deep, long-term relationship with the Weasleys. Um, they didn't, like, go to school at the same time together. And he, so he has Dumbledore, who has mm-hmm. known him and has, like, seen him grow up and, and, and seen, and also knows the things that he's lost. You know, like, and really understands what he's lost because he's been mm-hmm. right there alongside of them. And so that is, um, it's very hard now because he doesn't have anyone that he can just shorthand with. And I think like that's like such an important thing when it comes to emotional support. Like when you have the people where you don't have to like, okay, let me start from the beginning and tell you the entire backstory so that you can mm-hmm. then understand the depths of my sorrow or my fear or whatever, like, mm-hmm. because they've been there and they, 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 they have all that history and, you know, so you could just, like, go up and cry to them and they just are like, I get it, you know? Right. And, like, I'm about to cry now. Like, that's it for Remus. Like, he, he has talks, but they're still in this weird place <sighs> and she's really young and, like, doesn't know and, like, hasn't lost the things that he's lost and that's another thing is, like, Dumbledore had also lost a lot so they could mm-hmm. like have common ground there mm-hmm. oh this is a sad chapter <laughs> this is a sad like six the, chapters the, the everything but also else is like terrible. the last the last like six or five six chapters are all happening like in the same like day, day like in the span of like 12 hours and so it's just a lot i'm gonna um, cuddle my dog and take a nap mm-hmm um, 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 how did he die? Whispered Tonks. How did it happen? Snape killed him, said Harry. Um, and so he kind of just tell. he's like, I was there. I saw it. Um, I was under the invisibility cloak. He's like, kind of like giving the rundown of what happened and how he was immobilized by Dumbledore. So he couldn't do anything to stop it happening. And then he says, and then Malfoy came to the door and disarmed him. And Hermione clapped her hands to her mouth and Ron groaned. Um, and I think part of it is like, at this point, they they have accepted that Malfoy is up to something, but yeah. they've been annoyed at Harry, as have we, rightfully, um, for Amani. All you know, like for <laughs> not, not saying, I'm not saying Amani because he's still in the chat being awful, awful um, with his with his feelings that no one asked for. Um, but they've been annoyed with Harry for being obsessed with Malfoy for like the entire year. But so then I wonder if like they're feeling a little guilty for that. Even but, though, like, Harry definitely needed to chill because, you know, right. what happened like, happened. Like, both things can be true. Like, Harry, like we've, we've said throughout the book, like, Harry can be right and also could need to chill. So. Yeah. But there is that yeah. hindsight, you know, like, oh, maybe if we would have taken him seriously, we could have done, and it's like, maybe, but you didn't and you couldn't. And there we are. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Luna's mouth trembled. 
Um, Luna, stop trembling. And then Harry's like, kind of, he's like, um, Death Eaters arrived, and Snape, and then Snape did it. Uh, the Avada Kedavra, Madame Pomfrey burst into tears. No one paid her attention except Jenny, who whispered, shh, listen. It's like, girl, let her grieve. Like, can what? we not be mad at Madame Pomfrey for crying? Like, let her have her emotions. What? Okay? I mean, I guess this shows how Jenny and Harry are meant for each other, but. What? Okay. I suppose. You shushed someone um, grieving? You shushed her? Yeah trash. I don't um, know how I feel about Ginerva. So, <laughs> somewhere out in the darkness, a phoenix was singing in a way that Harry had never heard before, a stricken lament of terrible beauty. Um, Harry felt the music was inside him, not without. It was his own grief turned magically into song that echoed across the grounds and through the castle windows. Um, so, Oh my god! Fox is singing Hallelujah, alive. but the Jeff Buckley version. That one, ooh, every time. Right in the field. Yeah, basically. Basically. Um, so then Professor McGonagall enters and says that uh, Molly and Arthur are on their way, asks Harry what happened. Um, he's like, Hagrid says you were with Dumbledore when he when it happened. He says Professor Snape was involved in some... So she doesn't want to believe it. So she's like, she says Snape was involved in some kind of... And he's like, and Harry's like, nah, Snape killed Dumbledore. That's what happened. Um... <laughs> She stared at him for a moment and then swayed alarmingly. Uh, Madame Pomfrey ran forward, conjuring a chair from thin air, and pushed her, pushed, which she pushed under McGonagall. So she's like, she saw it happening. She saw McGonagall about to, like, fall and was like, nope, got you, got you, bro. Because they're best friends. That's why. Yeah. Um, Snape, McGonagall repeated, we all wondered, but he trusted, always. Snape, I can't believe it. Um, Snape was a highly accomplished Occlumens, said Lupin, um, his voice uncharacteristically harsh. We always knew that. But Dumbledore swore he was on our side, whispered Tonks. I always thought Dumbledore must have known something about Snape that we didn't, um, which he does. He does. So he does, but I also think that it goes back to what we were talking about. I think it was like around Christmas when Harry was telling um, Lupin and, and Arthur about Malfoy and the way that they kind of just like blindly follow Dumbledore and they just assume that he has his reasons, which is not wrong. But also then when things like this happen, then they're just like, I can't believe that Dumbledore put his faith in this person as opposed to like, maybe Dumbledore had some other shit going on. You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't know that because they just kind of let him do what it is he's doing. We've talked about this like throughout the series, but... I just keep thinking about trust but verify. Though I understand, mm-hmm. like, all of the reasons why a lot of people should not know what Dumbledore knows about Snape. But had they at least known, like, the story that Harry's about to tell him about how Snape ratted on his parents and that's why he felt like he was repenting for that. I don't think that Lupin or Sirius or anyone would have hated him any more I mean, maybe, but I felt like they, they've already reached their level of, like, you know what I mean? It's just, like, another notch against Sir, or Snape, but it would have quieted those voices. So, because I think the problem with what's happening now is that they're all second-guessing everything, every decision, mm-hmm. everything that Dumbledore and so you know said. what it is? So, you know what it is? I was actually thinking about this 
um, maybe it was, I, now I'm like, why was I thinking about this? But I think I was like listening to old episodes because I was just, as we're wrapping up, I'm like trying to remember things that I've said. Um, but, so I was thinking a lot about like transparency mm-hmm. and how obviously everyone doesn't need to know everything. And there's a reason, especially when you're an Inspire organization, you're underground, like people have different jobs that they can't necessarily talk about for fear that like it'll come out. You've learned this in season one of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's just how things need to go. Right. Like you want to, like you don't want everyone to know everything, but I think that there's a way to be transparent about that without telling everyone all the information. So like you don't have to say, hey, Snape really loved Ginny. I mean, not Ginny, sorry. Snape really loved, which, but wow, that was a slip. Um, Snape really loved Lily. Lily. And so then he, you know, even though he ratted out um, the Potters to Voldemort, he felt really bad. And that's why he's remarked. Like, you don't have to go into the the details of the thing, right? Mm -hmm. It could also just be like, so Snape has given me information that leads me to believe that he um, has reformed. He is working as a double agent. There are some things that he is going to do for me that like, I don't like, I don't know exactly how he would say it, but I think that there are ways, especially when they have these meetings to kind of be like, this is there. This is the information I know that you can know. And then I have information regarding X, Y, and Z that you can't know, or that only certain people can know at this time. But there are ways I think to be transparent so that like, they don't necessarily have to um, just be like, oh, well, Dumbledore's got it. Yeah. But if something like Snape killing Dumbledore happens, and obviously not everyone needs to know that that was the plan, but they could at least, when it happens, feel like, okay, maybe Snape is doing something else. Or even, right? even, or like if, they can, have... even if they can feel like Snape betrayed Dumbledore and was like, and, and tricked him or whatever, they could have confidence in the fact that like, but Snape gave Dumbledore a very good reason to believe him. And so... He made one mistake, but that doesn't negate every single, the way that he's directed us in all fashions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Snape was, like, they're saying right now, like, Snape was a very good legitimate, blah, 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 blah. But what we see with Harry, at least, um, is that with this happening and then with the release of Rita Skeeter's book, he's just like, fuck it all. Like, nothing he said holds any weight. And I think that's, like, an overcorrection that's equally dangerous. Right. Exactly. Um, so there's, I think that there's like a happy medium. Yes. Um, and I think that like if had Dumbledore trusted more people in the way that he expected them to trust him, um, then some of these things would not have gone about the same way that they do. Um, and again, like yeah. even with Harry, like moments where Dumbledore's like, oh, don't worry about that thing. He doesn't have to say, oh, I have a specific plan for Malfoy and like I'm not, I need you to not do that because Malfoy is in danger with Voldemort and bloop de whoop. Like you don't have to go all the way in. He can just say... I am working on that. Thank you for bringing that to me. I'm working on that. Leave it. Not like, don't worry about it, but like, yeah. don't worry about it because I am already I, on it. I'm on it. We have yeah. people on it. You yeah. may not, and then also, like, you may not see what we're doing, but we are, rest assured, things are being done. Exactly. Because that like, was, There's a way to kind of assure people and reassure people that, like, things are happening with the information that you give them or that they give you without letting on necessarily that you know or like letting on that you know more but like making it so that they don't have to know more yeah. while also being assured that like you are actually in some way attempting to handle it right yeah um okay um, um, um okay so 
Madonna was like, Dumbledore told me explicitly that Snape's repentance was absolutely genuine. Wouldn't hear a word against him. Um, I'd love to know what Snape told him to convince him, said Tonks. I know, said Harry. Snape passed Voldemort the information that made Voldemort hunt down my mom and dad. Then Snape told Dumbledore he hadn't realized what he was doing. He was really sorry he'd done it. Sorry that they were dead. So, um, Harry is, is uh, has joined the Tom Riddle school of origin story. Ooh. Um, and... Do you know the kind of havoc Overhearing that it can be wrought if you do not know your origin story? Like, just before you walk through the world, make sure you know that. Make sure you have that. Well, I mean, it's also like the, the um, it's one of those things where like you don't know what you don't know, right? But I think that, you know, Harry is the king of just jumping to conclusions. Oh, and yeah. And very much just being like... Well, I heard this happened, so this is what happened, as opposed to being like, hey, maybe don't or I go so hard for Trelawney's recounting of the situation, because you might not know what everything is going on. But like But okay, also like I've I've made off. this assumption about this part of this like someone told me a part of the story and I feel like I've pieced it all together and I'm gonna walk around telling everyone that, that is exactly the truth. Right. And what's hilarious too is that it's not that like he doesn't believe like it's not one of those situations where he, like, doesn't believe the other side because when he stuck his face in Snape's thoughts, he immediately thought, like, oh, my dad's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so just generally, he just, like, takes one side of the story and he's like, that's what happened. Runs and with he's it. like, well, where is the peer-reviewed um, source? Where is, like... But also, like, just where is the nuance, Harry? Like, life that is as nuance. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both... Yeah. Maybe both things are true. Ever thought about that? Huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? Um... And Dumbledore believed that, said Lupin incredulously. Dumbledore believes, believes Snape was sorry James was dead. Snape hated James. Um, so Remus isn't thinking about Lily. Um, but he also, think my mother like... Was worth a damn... Wait, hold up. So then Harry says, and he doesn't think my wor- my mother is worth a damn either because he, she was muggle-born, mudblood he called her. No one asked how Harry knew this. No. Nope. Which is the only reason this, like, works is because everybody's sad so they can't understand, like, mm-hmm. hey, Harry, where'd you, how'd you find how'd that you out? How'd you find that out? Um... But also, I'm curious, like, does no one know that Snape and Lily were, like, best friends for at least, like, the beginning of their Hogwarts? Like, I mean, no one knew that, like, um, what was the thing that we figured out that no one knew? And no one asked about? They don't ask, they don't ask follow-up questions in the Wizarding World. There is something that we spend a whole, we spend a whole book talking about how no one asked that simple follow-up question but was it peter i feel like it was serious and they all were just like serious became was like the dark lords or whatever and it's like no one knew that he lived with oh yeah because oh, no one right. asked about the fact that he lived with the potters right and like you know was disowned by his family disowned by his family yeah 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 so like yeah i mean i'm, I'm i was curious about that because i was like remus and maybe McGonagall, since, you know, they're, like, in this, you know, that's her house, like, had to know that Lily and Snape were friends, so then it just feels like... And, and they, Remus, wasn't Remus, Remus his there end. when he called her Mudblood? Yeah. Because he would have recognized the hurt that Lily had, and the fact that she was like, oh, we're through. Like, it wasn't just a normal calling some... It wasn't Draco calling Hermione mudblood. Right. It was, like, a much deeper thing than that. But they're all sad. Yeah. 
That's why. They're they all are. in shock. Yeah, no, They're totally. all in shock. Absolutely. Um, but that part, I was just kind of like, it seems interesting to me that Remus wouldn't, like, maybe he, not at the time, would say something, but, like, maybe later, because, I don't know. No one's really thinking about Lily. Anyway, um, this is all my fault to Professor McGonagall. Um, I sent Phileas to, fle- to fetch Snape tonight. I actually sent for him to come and help us. Um, it isn't your fault, Minerva, said Lupin. We all wanted more help. We were glad to think Snape was on his way. And then Harry's like, so then what? He's so Harry's like, what happened? Okay. So I just wanted to say that I think it's important to not only think about um, the ways in which they're blaming themselves about what Snape did um, and Snape's trickery, I guess, but also in which they're second guessing each other and, and their own, like, the blame is important and on an emotional level, but the like not the the lack of the second guessing and like having a lack of confidence in your decision making or your discernment capabilities is very important going into the next like phase of the war. Um, and it's important to to think about from Harry's perspective, like the fact that Harry is so adamant about what Snape did and how Dumbledore was tricked and, um, and is giving all of this information right now when they're all kind of in shock. Like, I'm sure that there are, there were hints and I'm, I mean, I'm not sure cause it's not in the text, but I in between the lines feel like there must be some hints and some bits of information that Dumbledore gave to specific people in which they could probably under a different, had they found out at a different time under a different set of circumstances come with, up with a um, explanation that that was closer to mm. the truth. Yeah, um, I feel that. And I think, like, even Harry at this point, and, like, he has been on this since, like, the beginning of the book, or really since Sirius's death, is, like, he very much wants to blame Snape for everything. And again... Not saying, like, like, he literally saw Snape kill Dumbledore, and that's what he saw, right? So, like, not to say that what he saw was yeah. not, didn't, doesn't make sense for him to come to this conclusion, but we see that, like, he wants, so it says he wants every detail of Snape's duplicitous, du- sorry, duplicity and infamy, feverishly collecting more reasons to hate him, to swear vengeance. So he, like, he, and again, this is not really his fault, because Snape is, like, a terrible person, but, like, he wants yep. more reasons to hate him, right? Um... And he's like fishing for that because he wants to. He wants to feel that righteous anger. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he already feels angry. He already feels hatred. But he wants to like remember that that is not from a place of like. There's no right. misunderstanding. There's no gray area. Like this dude mm-hmm. is trash. Which he um, is. And Delia says. But Delia says that uh, Harry isn't right about how, but this is all Snape's fault, which is true. It yes, very much true. Um. So I don't know how it happened. It was also confusing. McGonagall said, um, Dumbledore told us he would be leaving the school. Um, we should patrol the co- the corridors. Remus, Bill, and Nymphadora were to join us. And so we pat- we patrolled. Um, I still don't know how the Death Eaters got in. And then Harry's like, I do. It was through the room of requirement and like the vanishing cabinets. Um, and then he glances to Ron and Hermione, both of, both of whom look devastated. I messed up, Harry, said Ron. 
Um, so he's like, we checked the Marauders map. Uh, me, Jenny, and Neville went to keep a, ro- a watch on the move requirement, but Malfoy got past us um, using the... So he was using Peruvian instant darkness powder. Um, Fred and George's... Shout out well, to Peru. So this is Fred and George. Uh, I'm going to have a word with them about who they let buy their products, um, which, you know, was a similar situation with, like, the love potion, to be honest. Um, also, yeah. I'm like, Felix didn't work for that. That's crazy. Like, Felix Felicis only worked. So that's why it's like, I'm now I'm kind of like curious. I'm like, is this like a weeping angel situation? Maybe not. But like, I'm curious about like, because for, for Harry, Ron, and, I'm sorry, for Hermione, Ron, and Jenny, it seems like the Felix Felicis only worked insofar as that like, they, they didn't get, they didn't get killed versus like, because with Harry, like, things just all seem to go right for him. And in this case, like, things... And not to say that, like, the entire battle or whatever would have gone right for everyone and that some of these things wouldn't have happened, but it seems like, at least for Ron and Jenny, they wouldn't have... But they were splitting the remainder a big... That's true, but I think it... I thought it was more... I thought it was less, like, strength and more, like, time. Like, it works for... The the amount that you take works for a specific amount of time. Not like the amount you take works only to... You get a specific amount of luck, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I will say that, like, it doesn't stop certain things. Right, and that's why I'm, like, trying to figure out what the balance is. Like, what is the... It wouldn't stop the Peruvian instant darkness power from working. Um, And if they're not taking Malfoy seriously, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I don't think that they were... Like, when Harry took it, he had an aim to get the memory from Slughorn. And when they took it, they were just like, I mean, whatever. It'll make Harry I don't think they're like, I don't think so. I think at that point, they were on board with Malfoy being a pro. At the very least, Ron was. And I think that, like, learning that he was whooping or whatever. Like, I think that they were taking it seriously. They may not, maybe they just, maybe the intent wasn't quite... I think maybe, partly maybe it could be because they didn't fully know what Malfoy was doing. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I want to stop a specific thing. It's just like I want to make sure we can catch Malfoy or like I want to patrol and make sure nothing goes down, but it's still not. I don't know. I just think that the Felix Felicis is a interest. It's 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 like a time turner or like a, you know, it's it's a it's one of those it could potentially yeah. break the plot and so when you really look at it, it starts to, yeah. Fall apart. Yeah. yeah. Don't look too I hard. I think that's what's happening. But of course, we're here to look yeah. hard at it. I think so. that there, I also just think that there has to be a better, a, a clear accomplish, a mm-hmm. goal that you want to accomplish that I don't think yeah, that they had. Possible. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they didn't know. Um, so Jenny's like, we tried everything, but we couldn't get out. Um, Malfoy could see because of his hand of glory, which is like this weird shriveled up thing that he got at Borgen and Burke's like years ago. Um, that like lights the way. And then, uh, but by the time they they reached a corridor that was light, the Malfoy and the others were gone. Luckily, said Remus, Ron, Jenny, and Neville ran into us almost immediately and told us what happened. We found the Death Eaters minutes later, um, near the, or going toward the astronomy tower. A fight broke out. They scattered and we gave chase. Um, one of them broke away, Gibbon. Um, and he's the one who set off the dark mark. But then he didn't want to wait alone for Dumbledore. So he came back running and was almost immediately hit by a killing curse. Um, 
from one of the other Death Eaters who was just like being mad reckless with his wand. Um, wow. They are no, not smart. They're not. Um, so, so then Harry's like, what, like, goes to Hermione and is like, what were you doing? And Hermione's like, I was outside, I was outside of Snape's office with Luna. Um, we didn't know what was going on upstairs because Ron had taken the map. It was nearly midnight when Professor Flitwick came sprinting down into the dungeons. Um, I don't think he really registered that Luna and I were there at all. He just burst his way into Snape's office. We heard him saying that Snape had to go back with him. And then we heard a loud thump and Snape came hurling out of the room. Um, and he saw us, and I was so stupid, Harry. He said Flitwick had collapsed and that we should go and take care of him while he while he went to fight the Death Eaters. Um, so we went into his office to see if we could help Professor Flitwick and found him unconscious. It's so obvious now. Snape must have stupefied Flitwick, but we didn't realize. Um, we And we just let Snape go. So again, like, all these people are kind of feeling blamed for specific things. But mm-hmm. also, I mean, I, I understand why even... Like, I think if it was Harry, Harry, like, if it had been Harry waiting on Snape, then he would have been a lot less trusting. But I think that Hermione, even though Snape is a terrible person, still, she's on, he's a teacher, he's a teacher. and also, like, Dumbledore trusts him. And so, like, for her, that it's good enough for her, even if she doesn't like him and thinks that he's, like, a trash human being. Like, Dumbledore trusts him, so at that, as far as that goes, like, we can, we can trust him in this particular yeah. fight, if that makes sense. Maybe not to give me my, the grades that are do to me but like you know yeah to fight Voldemort so um Delia says that this isn't Hermione's brightest moment she trusts authority and especially mm-hmm. Dumbledore's authority and I think that's a really true thing that like we start to see with I mean I think it's a it's a really good great thorough yeah line through mm-hmm. line for Hermione because we see it very strongly in the first book and then we start to see it peel back she's more willing to break rules she's more willing to skirt around authority um when umbridge comes she's mm-hmm. just like fuck that bitch um she she stays within like she tries very hard to stay within like the letter of the law if not within the spirit but like it is it is something that she's yeah. always had um, and then we'll see in the next book when she, like, is just straight up to the Minister of Magic, like, mm-hmm. nomin, you know? And, like, and so, again, this is one of those, like, kill your darlings type of books where it's, like, and moments where it's, like, the things that they, and it's good, mm-hmm. it's great writing, um, the things that they have, like, that kind of define their characters that they've carried with them, like, need to be broken down and, bro- and like, and they need to like get away from and unfortunately the only way to make it stick is for it to like come and through like trauma and Mm -hmm. heartbreak and um pain but like those are the things that they need to shed so that they're able to like to take on this fight and so um delia says Um, uh i gotta say this isn't hermione's brightest moment she trusts authority and especially we said this part dumbledore's authority one of them could have stayed um, and the other followed Snape. And then she says, but also, and this is kind of how I was feeling reading this, as a non-Griff adult reading this now, what on earth were the teenagers supposed to do if they followed an actual dark wizard anyway? And that's how I feel. Like, right. And this is what the thing that I think is like, so like he kills Dumbledore. So what were they do? But also do? like, even you know before that, right? Like, like, even if they had realized that he had stunned Flitwick and Flitwick had to just fainted. He stunned the charms teacher, like professor, who was like old and has been around right. for dumb long, is teaching them. What are they supposed to do as 16 and 17 year olds 
Like, in that situation, if they then confront Snape, then what? Like, Hermione is the brightest witch of her age. (laughs) Okay? Of her age. Like, like, let's just be clear. And Amani brings up the fact, too, that Flitwick is a dueling champion. Like, what were they going to do? And so it's like... Nothing. What? Yeah. And and I, and it and it's another thing about the the child soldier like and the blame and like how she's feeling blame and guilt about this because like yeah what were you going to do but also like it's so much better for you to have been out of the way like that's actually what's best for yeah in the long run because we need you we don't need mm-hmm. you for this battle <laughs> we need you for the, the longer bigger battle right but like. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's like a weird yeah. thing where you're like, yeah, Hermione should have done that shit, but then it's also like, okay, but if you had like, like you'd probably be probably be stunned too, like <laughs> wouldn't have actually done yeah. anything. So okay, um, it's not your fault, said uh, Remus. Hermione, had you not a bit? So huh, shout out to Remus. Saying what we all think, mm-hmm. um, he said, had you not obeyed Snape and got out of the way, he probably would have killed you and Luna. Um, and then Harry's like, so then he came upstairs. Um, we were in trouble. We were losing, said Tonks. Gibbon was down, but the rest of the Death Eaters seemed ready to fight to the death. Neville had been hurt. Bill had been savaged by Rayback, by Greyback. Sorry, it was all dark. Um, the Malfoy boy had vanished. Um, and then one of them blocked the stair behind them with some kind of curse. None of us could break through, said Ron. And then Snape was there. And then he wasn't. Um, so, the, you know, the part, like, they're telling the story, but also, like, they all have a lot of pieces because they were, is chaos. They're fighting, things are exploding, yeah. that one Death Eater is just firing curses everywhere, like, does not care who he hits. Um, and then uh, Remus says, I saw him run straight through the curse barrier as though it wasn't there. I tried to follow him, was, but was thrown back just like Neville. He must have known a spell we didn't, whispered McGonagall. After all, he was the defense against the Dark Arts teacher. I just assumed he was in a hurry to chase after Death Eaters who had escaped the tower. So, I do want to say, like, it's not, like, I think, it's, and this is more of, like, a... a Hogwarts thing in general where like uh-huh. it's not like McGonagall and Remus and even Tonks are like not well versed in the in defense against the dark arts like that's kind of maybe not why McGonagall has her position particularly but like Remus was a previous professor Tonks is an R um and it's one of those things where like obviously Snape is the you know yeah he's the defense against the dark arts professor whatever but they're also all in the, the order, so, then it's, so they it's should always, all be it's up on their dark arts. It, it reminds me of, like, the moment in... And I don't know why, like, this may not be the exact one, but for some reason in my head it reminded me of the Barty Crouch, Barty Crouch situation where Dumbledore is like, go get Snape. Um, I need the Veritaserum. But, like, if Snape wasn't mm-hmm. there, somebody else could have did the Veritaserum, right? Or, like, they start calling on Slughorn for potion stuff instead of Snape, which, like, I get, like, it's outside of your purview and, like, your pay thing at a certain point but like if Slughorn is sick like could would you go to Snape then like what you know what I mean like it's always interesting to me the yeah. way that they they rationalize it in their mind is like oh Defense Against Dark Arts is his thing and it's like but that can't be why because Remus didn't forget how to do Defense Against Dark Arts after he got after he got sacked or like quit or whatever I mean and that was my big thing too when Remus was Defense Against Dark Arts teacher and like they had Snape doing his potion, yeah. his Wolfsbane potion, which is just like, can't you have Madame Pomfrey or someone else that he would feel more comfortable and trustworthy and, mm-hmm. and trusting with and who he wouldn't feel beholden to in some weird way, who you know would not hold it over that his too, head. Yeah. 
yeah. basically. Yeah. Who could have some goddamn chill? Like, couldn't someone mm-hmm. else do that? And, like, yes, the ingredients are expensive and it takes a long time to brew. Um, but, like, at a certain level, you should have, like, there should be more than just the potions master mm-hmm. who's able to brew the, exactly. these things or who's able. And there should be more than just a defense against a dark art teacher who's able to do these things. I always read this, though, as it's the heat of the moment. And, like, mm-hmm. now they're going back, like, kind like of what were they thinking things. in the moment? They probably weren't even, like, paying that no, much attention. No, totally. To and like, I, and, that's, and through, I also did write in my notes, like, and, in parentheses, like, I do get that there was a lot going on. And so this is kind of just their, like, initial reaction. But it just made me, I feel like it's something we didn't, we haven't brought up before. So it was more just, like, something yeah. that it reminded me of other moments in the series that we've read so far where like they go to a specific person because that's their subject. But then sometimes it doesn't seem necessary for them specifically to do it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like it may, in this moment, I don't understand why McGonagall would just be like, Oh, I mean, he's the, he's on our side. He's on, he's the professor or whatever. Even, and even, even if they're just like, he's a double agent. And he, we know that he works with Zephyr, so obviously he would know the curse to go through. Like, that is still a valid right. way to think through it, knowing that part of his job is to, like, pretend as if he's on Voldemort's side. Um, yeah. And then... But it's also a very interesting thing when you said, and I'm just now thinking mm-hmm. about this when you said that, it's like, he's a double agent, but they, they do they... They, like McGonagall says, he just assumed that he was going through and continuing to chase Death Eaters. Like, do they know where the mm. line is for him to be like, oh, I guess now it's his time to and give up. with the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like give yeah. up his cover, you know what I mean? Like, they just assume that that would mm-hmm. be it. Because again, they don't know and, what I mean, if, I mean, sorry, what Dumbledore's orders are for him specifically. And not to say that they should right. know all of them or... But they maybe should understand the dynamic a little bit, or maybe they should know where the line is. But like, they should because I think that because they should they know. Like, okay, him... in this situation, like if we're in right. a battle and Snape happens to be there, what size? What side is he going to take? Like, they should know that, right? Or like, yeah. do we should we rely? Should on I blow him up his spot? Knowing that he's right. a double agent and he has a very specific set of orders from Dumbledore, should we should not even just not should we trust him, but should we rely on him? in this particular situation. Yeah. Knowing that is probably important. But it's also I, super yes. complicated. I don't know how, you know. We don't we're not spies, so we don't know. Hmm. Aren't we? Um I might be Banksy. Uh he was, said Harry. I um but to help them, not to stop them, I'll bet you have to have a dark mark to get to that barrier. And then he's like, what happened when he came back down? Um so the big Death Eater had fired off a hex that caused half the ceiling to fall in. Um, and, but also broke the curse blocking the stairs. We all ran forward and then Snape and the boy emerged out of the dust. Obviously none of the us attacked them. We just let them pass, said Tonks in a hollow voice. We thought they were being chased by the Death Eaters. Um, and so then he's like, and then the other Death Eaters in Greyback are, um, back and they're fighting again. Um, and then Tonks is like, I thought I heard Snape shout something, but I don't know what. He shouted, it's over, said Harry. He'd done what he'd meant to do. And they all fell silent. Because, like... He'd done what he need, mm-hmm. what he meant to do. Mm-hmm. He done did it. Um, so Tiana brings up, and this kind of goes back to why aren't the kids... Um, 
staying or like following yeah. staying in the dorm or whatever and like it's a really good point she says that um this is also their lives at stake and if she if she was at a boarding school and the kkk came in trying to wreck things and kill students she would hope that she would have the nerve to fight back especially being one year shy of being a fully qualified witch um so even the adults are not perfect or not on top of their games and the kids feel like standing up for themselves because others aren't and so even though the order is there um it seems like the students are always being told to let mm-hmm. an adult handle it um and then a nosy kid comes in and saves the day the yeah. nosy kid is hairy but I, I i do get that like there are times when you're like this is my fight as much as it is anyone else's and i'm going to like stand up and 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 i, um, and I think that like what's funny is that we 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 say all this and we like are like shouting at them and we're like dude why don't you just stay home or, like why what's wrong with why don't you chill like why don't you mind your business and like Obviously, most of the time, it pays off, and, like, they do make a difference, and they don't, like, you know, like, Harry being like, I'm the only one who can save the Sorcerer's Stone, and then he does, in fact, save the Sorcerer's Stone, right? Um, And part of that is just, like, it's the plot of the book and, like, how the series works, and, you know, it's the story. Um, So it is, like, one of those complicated things, and I think, like, Delia says... Uh, she agrees with Tiana, but also thinks that it's exasperating considering that they just did this last year at the Department of Mysteries. And in that case, it went horribly wrong. So again, I think it's like, it's this weird, like nuanced balance situation. But I also, I do also agree with what Tiana is saying is like, there's, it's not that it's not their fight, especially in Hermione's case. Yeah, we talk all the like, time about how It definitely how has to do Hermione's. with them in that particular, or at the very least, Hermione and Harry. And, like, you know, Ron is out here trying mm-hmm. his best to be an ally. Um, and so, yeah. So that, and, and, again, they're also Gryffindors. So, like, that's their initial impulse is to jump into the fight. And, um, yeah. That's that their jam. Their but I do think that um, all of that is true. I... And Amani says that he agrees with the impulse. He's just talking about blaming yourself for it, like under, understanding the guilt in, in the moment, but he's looking at it as an observer, like you don't have no fault and you shouldn't feel yeah. guilty about these things. I'm thinking about it as like a, okay, if I'm trying to go up against like Death Eaters or a Big Bad or this huge system or whatever, I'm going to sit down and have a plan. I'm going to like, understand the ramifications i'm gonna want to know who i'm going after who the actual bad guy is like that and that's like maybe that's just me (laughs) um and i'm not a gryffindor i just don't feel the need to like wander the corridors because my friend thinks that there is something that's about to pop off and that's all the information that i have i'm just like no i'm gonna need to do a little bit more digging you're going to need to have mm-hmm. some more information. Yeah. That's just me. It's more about the just like jumping in. Especially when you're jumping in blind against adults who right. eat death they do. for fun. They do so. eat death for fun. For breakfast. I understand. Like, again, for breakfast. That is what they do. With a side of toast. And jam. Um, I, I, I. And with Amani and so, the, I understand uh, Mr. the impulse. Weasley appear uh, or appear, come into the ward, uh, four just behind him, behind them, her beautiful face terrified. 
Um, Bill whispered Mrs. Weasley, oh, Bill. Um, Lupin and Tonks got up hastily and retreated so that Mr. and Mrs. Weasley could get nearer the bed. Uh, Mrs. Weasley bent over her son and pressed her lips to his bloody forehead. Um, you said Greyback attacked them, attacked him. Mr. Weasley asked McGonagall, but he hadn't transformed. So what does that mean? What will happen to Bill? We don't know yet, said Professor McGonagall, looking, um, helplessly to Lupin. So, this is, like, it reminds him, and this is, like, also because this is just a thing that I've personally been feeling lately, um, mm-hmm. where, like, it is on Remus to reassure them, but it shouldn't be. Right? So, I often, yes. I, I've had these moments recently, and I've had them before in other situations and, like, in the past, where, like, I feel very much, like, I shouldn't, well, you know, we're the only one. And you don't want to mm-hmm. have to be the person to explain to people of privilege, most, in my case, most of the time, white people, um, having to feel like, okay, now I have to explain myself or I have to, like, represent the this group of people or whatever. And, like, I have to explain to them how to do this thing or how to understand this part of my identity or their privilege or whatever. And feeling tired and feeling like I shouldn't have to do that. You know what I mean? And being like, it shouldn't mm-hmm. be on me. And so making it makes me not want to do it. But then also recognizing that, like, if I don't, then, like, nothing is going to change. There is no one else who will do it or who can do it, right? In the same way that, like, yeah, I can or at all. Um, and having to, like, force myself to then do the thing that I just really don't want to have to explain or deal with or whatever. Because, you know... It, it doing that is, is labor for me and is exhausting for me and is a part of the problem that I have to do this thing but also again like I have to do this thing it's if, a if weird I don't do like it, cycle and that's kind of like reading no, this no, even no. though again we don't know but what it's Remus also the is. point of like not like, having I mean, at this point, we don't know what Remus is thinking like again and he may not be thinking this thing because again like JK Rowling is writing this book and she's a white woman with lots of privilege so but in my head reading it, Painfully I just, like, privileged. reading it, I immediately am, like, feel a lot of empathy for Remus and feeling like he shouldn't have to be the person to do this. But also, no one else is going to do this. And it goes back into the fact that, like, werewolves are shunned from society and Remus gets to be, like you said earlier, their werewolf friend. So he's the only one that they even know exactly. to turn to. And it's one of those things where you're like, well... If you had more werewolves mm-hmm. in this space and you allowed them to, like, live in society, you wouldn't have yep. these blind spots or you would have someone else and it wouldn't always be And it be wouldn't be the end of the world if someone got attacked, right? Got it or wrong. even if somebody got attacked. Yeah. Like, it would still that be too. tragic because it's still, like, a very violent act. And, like, especially Fenrir, like, he can die in a hole. But, like, it wouldn't be as dire. Especially if you know that he's going to yeah. live. You know? Yes. Um, it may be a different life, but if, like, society, the Wizarding Society was different, it wouldn't necessarily have to be a worse life or a, you know? It's kind of, it reminds me of, oh, oh, there's this fanfic that I would like to oh, tell you called? about called oh, The really? Survivor. Never heard of it. Yes. No. You never heard of it? That's it's crazy. real good. It is really good. You've never brought it ah, up, ever. Crazy. But there is a parallel storyline going on in this fic in which... Um, because it is like the thing that I really love the most about. I don't know if you guys have, you've never heard about it, but I really, really love this fanfic. Um, you would think that in a Harry Potter podcast that she would at one point, um, bring up this fic (laughs) that she loves so much, but like, she's never done it. You would think, right? 
That's crazy. first time ever. Wow. I'm, I'll I'll find the link and get give it to you guys. Um, but there is this like parallel because the thing is that J.K. Rowling once said that she wanted like lycanthropy, lycanthropy, lycanthropy. She wanted it to mimic blood diseases, and then the person who wrote this fanfic was like, "Well, what if we actually dealt with the actual blood disease mm-hmm. that you're talking about?" And so the AIDS crisis is happening at the same time that Remus is like getting over the loss of. Um, Lily and James and Peter and Sirius is in Azkaban and he thinks that Sirius did it. But there is that fear of the the disease and getting the disease and this like this is set in the 80s so it really was kind of an automatic death sentence but now um, because once you actually reckon with what's going on and we had like advancements in science and medicine like now it's like it's still a traumatic thing you still it's still not something that you would wish on anyone or you would want them to do but it's Mm -hmm. not a death sentence anymore and like there are therapies there are ways to do it and like we've talked about this before like the fact that like wolfsbane potion is still very expensive and hard to get is it's just a fact that like no one cares about Mm -hmm. the werewolves um and have not done anything to make it easier to get and to like help them improve their lives. And so if we if we could move society to the point where the where werewolves are able to have wolfsbane's potion, live lives that are, you know, contributing to society and comfortable and um and integrated and like yes, they still have this thing that they deal with, but it's not perceived as a death sentence and it's also not this like very scary mystery then there would be mm-hmm. more outlets totally and read the survivor i might read the survivor <laughs> after we're done here i have so many books to finish reading um i might do it okay so then um lupin's like there'll probably be some contamination we don't know what his behavior might be like when he awakens mrs weasley takes the ointment for madame pomfrey and begins and begins dabbing at bill's wounds um, and Dumbledore said, Mr. Weasley, Minerva, is it true? Is he really, um, as McGonagall nodded, Harry felt Jenny move beside him and looked at her. Um, her slightly narrowed eyes were fixed upon Floor, who was gazing down at Bill with a frozen expression on her face. So I think she's like waiting to see how Floor is going to react. Um, because Floor mm-hmm. is very much believed to be shallow by pretty much everyone in this room. And you know what I mean? So I think whether or not that's actually the case. Very much like, okay, well, how is she going to act when, like, now that Bill is in this kind of situation? And he's exactly. not pretty anymore, which is the most Again, they're, it, it's that and also, like, they're putting that on her. We'll get there. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow, Portia's really not here. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> I know. I was just thinking that since, like, of all, like, just the, like, we have had great timing yeah. since we started this podcast, A and this is time. just not... Um, Dumbledore gone, whispered Mr. Weasley, um, and Mrs. Weasley began to sob, um, her tears following onto Bill's mutilated face. Of course, it doesn't matter how he looks. It's not really important, but he was a very handsome little boy, always very handsome, and he was going to be married, which, like, she's speaking as if he's dead, knowing that he's not, mm-hmm. um, and won't be, um, and immediately is, like, thinking, again, she's the one thinking about his looks. Flora is not thinking about his looks. Like, that's not a thing that she's worried mm-hmm. about. Um, what do you mean by that, said Flora? What do you mean he was going to be married? Oop. 
And Mrs. Weasley raised, looks startled. And she's like, well, only that... You think Bill would not wish to marry me anymore? She said. Um, you think that because of these bites, he will not love me? No, that's not what I... Because he will. It would take more than a werewolf to stop Bill loving me. Well, yes, I'm sure. Said Look Mrs. at her. Weasley, but I thought perhaps, given how... Given how how he... You thought I would not wish to marry him? Or perhaps you hoped, mm. said Floor. What do I care how he looks? Mm. I am good looking enough for the both of us, I think. All these scars mm. show that my husband is brave. And I shall do that, she added fiercely, snatching or pushing Mrs. Weasley aside and snatching the ointment from her. Just like, caught like, okay. Enough because with like, the what bullshit. Are you talking about, Molly? Like, what? Like, come on, bro. Let's not do this. This is the one time Joe gets something mm-hmm. right. <laughs> Um, even though the way that she, like, to get there, she has to call her slim and uh, do all this other nonsense. But, like, the understanding of, and I, and I wish, and we, and the other thing about it is that we don't get, like, I don't know, Harry falling in love with Millicent Bullstrode or something. But, like, the understanding of, like, there is much more to love than Mm -hmm. lust. And, like, good looks and what we look like, how we present to other people. Like, the, and, and the fact that, like, you, as a parent, like, like Amani says, go mother your children. This is a grown-ass man. Like, as a parent, like, there is a certain point where you do not know him more, better or more than the people, like, his contemporaries and the people that are in his life that he has chosen. And, like... You don't know their inner life. You have no idea. And like and and so you're just going off of like your assumptions, but you have no idea what their inner life is. Yeah. Um, and you don't know Flora. And so, you haven't actually gotten taken the chance. Like Bill brought you Flora, don't know Flora to your home so that you could get to know her. So that you, you could get to know her that, that chance to get to know her and you just put all of your assumptions about who she is as the person onto her and judged her and was you were not welcoming, you were angry, you were salty, you were disrespectful, you allowed your kids to be disrespectful, and then what? Now you're like, oh, and he was going to be married. Married, Like, you didn't want her to, you didn't want her, him to get married. Like, him don't act married. like that was something you were looking it. forward to. Let's not do that. You ain't got a lie to kick it. Don't piss on my leg like, and tell me it's raining. Cool. Um, so... Uh, Dahlia says that she can't dislike Molly because of all that she's done for Harry, but her role in demonizing other women is... Same. <laughs> Let's not. Um, and Amani says that she projected her own insecurities and wizarding gossip drama onto her, which is, a like, again, a through line mm-hmm. for Molly. Like, all this wizarding gossip, like, c- get off of it. Like, none of it is true. <laughs> like, or not the full mm-hmm. story again. Um, so then, um, uh, Mrs. Weasley falls yeah. back onto her husband and watches Floor mopping up Bill's wounds. No one said anything. Harry did not dare move. Like, everyone else, he was waiting for the explosion. So they're all like, oh shit, Mrs. Weasley's about to go off. I don't know what to do. Um, our great Auntie Muriel, said Mrs. Weasley, has a very beautiful tiara, goblin made. Um, which I can, which is a problem, is a but problem. I feel like we should put a pin in that until... Definitely Hollows slash we'll probably have a bonus episode about it at some point. Um, 
which I am sure I can persuade her to lend you for the wedding. She is very fond of Bill, you know, and it would look lovely with your hair. Thank you, said Floor. I am sure that will be lovely. Um, and before, and then all of a sudden both women are crying and hugging each other. Um, Ron was looking stunned and I'd have still been like, get off me, you raggedy bitch. <laughs> time. We'll get there, but, but we also, ain't there you know, right they're, now. They're grieving and they're minute. sad and like Bill has been hurt and all that kind of stuff. So I get it. But also it's like all this prejudice and they, they could have been avoided because the other thing too is that like once Bill and Fleur get married, Fleur just becomes a mini Molly, which is mm-hmm. not, it's, which is really bad Hilarious. writing to be honest. Like it's not good writing, but is also could alternatively be like they're very similar and so they could have just hit it off but i mean that's also, also I, mean, I don't happened. know if that's bad writing because i feel like that's i feel like that no, is not really bad, true not to bad life right i mean in more some... in the fact that like floor becomes a mini molly without their uh, seeing that beforehand it's more oh, just it, the writing there's no, there's no work done yeah, as opposed to like yeah them having because yeah if people have things in common then oftentimes they clash um and that that's very true, but I just mean the writing of it was whatever. Piss poor. Yeah. Um Tiana says that this scene was a female version of Harry and Ron making up in Goblet of in the Goblet of Fire movie in Hermione yeah. going voice. <laughs> very much so. Um oh and then this. And then here comes Talks out of left field. Talks said, I am I have a starter. I've been out here the whole the whole chapter. And I am ready to make my appearance. Somebody hit the ball to me because I'm ready. I have been holding, holding in. I'm I've holding been holding down this in. this whole time. Let me do something, please. <laughs> you see, Tonks is glaring at Lupin. She still wants to marry him, even though he's been bitten. She doesn't care. It's different, said Remus. Um, mm. Bill will not be a full werewolf. The cases are completely... But I don't care either. I don't care. Um, she says, seizing the front of Remus's robes and shaking them. Like, this is just the most dramatic ass shit. And I just, that we didn't earn, that wasn't earned. Like, if it had been earned, I would have probably let it go. But he's yeah. seizing the robes and shaking him. <laughs> I don't care. I've told you a million times. <laughs> In the beginning. And everybody's standing there like, huh? Like, what is, what is this? What? Um. Said and what? the meaning Told of Tonks is Patronus and her mouse-colored hair and the reason she had come running to find Dumbledore when she had heard the rumor that someone had been attacked by Greyback all suddenly became clear to Harry. It had not been serious that Tonks had fallen in love with after all. First of all, because that's her cousin. Second of all, this, this romance is just so bad. Like, why is this... That ain't stopped it's nobody so in a wizarding world before. It's worse than, like, Harry and Ginny. Because at least we get the entire book to like yeah. accept, even though it came out of nowhere, to accept that fine they like he likes her or whatever. But like, and we're just supposed to accept that Jenny still likes him, even though she could have just moved on. And how dare you? How would you ever I move guess, on from the chosen you know, one? And then I mean, um, home, you know, um, but, but this time it's just like y'all. Th- we had all this book, and it had nothing. This was not there. Never, not yeah. even a little bit. Um, so Amani says, me reading this. Wait, what? When? And Delia says, I was so lost. I never bought the serious story, but this, this was no. not it. And Tiana <laughs> said, shoot your shot, Tonks. <laughs> She's trying, yep. man. She is. And it just, I wasn't, I was not prepared. Um, but I am going to say that I really love this line because this line is straight out of a Jane Austen novel. 
this next one where he's um and i've told you a million times said remus that i am too old for you too poor too dangerous um well i will so i will say and then he takes his cloak (laughs) and he walks out onto the moor i will say sorry to like bring this down um so i love remus and like this is obviously in in a uh example and also like a little bit of foreshadowing and the stuff that happens in, in the next book about like how he feels about himself and his own internal internalized anti lycanthropy i'm making up phrases um no that's it like 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 yeah whatever um but the problem um is that talks is mostly just used as a tool to show this for him to show his insecurities and to show like his issues, like Tonks is, is not used as like a person who has because even when even when Remus Mm-mm. runs away and we don't get Tonks at all, you know what I mean? Like we don't see her side of what's going on. Even though I still want, I still wish Remus would have been able to go with the trio. Um, Tonks often like in this entire like she's introduced as someone who seems like she's going to be super interesting and like really cool and we're going to really like her, but then she immediately is then just turned into a tool for Remus's character development. Yep. So that's gross. And that's also why the romance does not work in this book. Or at all. And now I'm just thinking about, like, the mashup that I'm writing in my head of Remus then joining the Royal Navy and going off into make his fortune on, on the seas. Um... And going to Indias, to the Indias, or, um... The Indies? Or the mean? Caribbean. The Indies, like, thank you. There's only one India. The Indies, or or going, yeah, even going to India and, like, work at the spice trade, and 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 then making his fortune, and then yeah. coming back. See, Robin didn't And being my, like, I am half agony, Robin half didn't hope. Get my, uh, she wasn't there for my uh, critique. She was just all up in her Jane Austen feels. I mean, I get what you're saying and all that, and that's great. And yeah, I mean, Tox really should have some agency and like she should really, you know, have some say in this. But, but he goes off and then he reads poetry. Oh my God, because he's also the dude. Y'all need to whatever your little podcast thing is. Y'all just need to go ahead and do that because. Okay, but also, in Jane Eyre, when they go to the, and then the guy was, like, in love with love, and then What's-Her-Face falls off the thing in Bath because she's stupid, and then they read poetry together, and she gets more serious because she almost died, and he lightens up because he falls in love again because he thought he would never love again because his love, when he went to, when he went off into the Navy, his love died of fever or the cold or something, and then they read poetry together. Oh, man, and Remus does that, and he reads poetry, and he finds love again. I'm so happy. Okay. Glad for you. Oh, Delia, write this fanfic. The love that died could be serious. Oh my God. Right. Right. Oh, and then he just stares at her longingly and like the fire and like in the background and they're like figuring out what happened to Dumbledore and, and then Remus looks up. Under his like darkened lids, because you know his lids have to be darkened, which just means he has long eyelashes, and he's like, 
tired. And then, and then talks, looks at him, and the longing stare. And then he turns away, and she turns away, and they're like, what did it mean? We'll never know. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. Maggie, get the, get the pin. Oh. I've I've said all along, you're taking a ridiculous line on this, Remus, said Mrs. Weasley. I'm not being ridiculous, said Lupin. Tonks deserves somebody young and whole. First of all, you are at most 35. So let's calm down. Jeez. Um, Second of all, you are And whole, though? This is not, like, (laughs) and that's, again, like, this is the problem with wizarding, like, fuck the wizarding world. He needs therapy. I'm 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 actually on Remus's side now. Like Tonk shouldn't no, marry Remus. He Remus need, needs to he go does not do need some deep. <laughs> he needs. Yeah. He needs therapy. He needs some trauma, yeah. like counseling, and he needs mm-hmm. to love himself. Because you know what, RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you gonna love somebody else? And I get an aiming up at him. I just went from Jane Austen to RuPaul in two moves, and I'm good with it. So on brand. Very much so. But she wants... If you ever had to explain me to people, there you go. Jane Austen to RuPaul, two moves. Did you break something? I just share the wall with the toy, with the bathroom. (laughs) Jeez. So loud. Probably, I mean, not to... Um, okay, we can yeah, move no, on. I was just waiting for but, the sound to stop before. But we're gonna we're gonna write this. I don't know who we is, but um, but she wants you," said Mister Weasley. And after all, Remus, young and whole women do not, or young <laughs> young and whole men, sorry, do not necessarily remain so. Um, he gestured sadly at his son. This is not the moment to discuss it," said said Lupin. Dumbledore is dead. Which is, like, obviously a way to kind of, like, deflect, but also not wrong. Um, Dumbledore would have been happier yeah. to think that, to, than anybody to think that there was a little more love in the world to Professor McGonagall. Just, like, like, I, too, am shipping y'all, and I'm like, since when? McGee, come on. You know this wasn't I think McGee's just, like, like no. I think oh, McGee's just, like, don't, throw, don't put Dumbledore in, into this, said, you know, you being... Oh you be in a lot. How much, you know how much. Don't stock do that. Puts in love. Like, that's his whole mission statement. I think that's his I don't think that McGee Voldemort. is like I'm shipping this. Like, I that's think his, yeah. That's I think not I don't. Correct. <laughs> yeah, I don't think McGee is shipping this so much. She's like my my bra is still lying on the ground, and I just can't have you altering <laughs> his legacy. <laughs> like, just let's stick with the facts. Um, yeah. but also yeah. It's very funny. Um, so then Hagrid appears um, and he says, I've done it, Professor. Moved him. Professor Sprout's got the kids back in bed. Flitwick's lying down, but he says he'll be all right in a jiffy. And Slughorn says the ministry's been informed. Thank you, Hagrid. I shall have to see the ministry once they get here. Oh, sorry. Please tell the heads of houses, Slughorn, who represents Slytherin, that I want to see them in my office forthwith. I would like you to join us too. Um, so again, she's the headmistress. Um... And I wonder, like, how she's feeling about that because she immediately has to jump into that role. There's no, like... I think this is one of those times when you compartmentalize. Oh, totally. I mean, I think I think so. I think so like, for sure. Like, you're just like, there's a lot of shit that needs to be done and a lot of communications that need to go out and I will 
think my about own, like my own emotions after. afterwards. Like I just don't think that you could get anything done That's if true. you even let your brain mm-hmm. linger on it for a second. And McG is nothing if not mm-hmm. efficient yep. and a badass very true. and competent. Um, before I meet them, I would like a quick word with you, Harry. Um, if you'll come with me. So they, so Harry goes with uh, Professor McGonagall and realizes they're not heading toward her office, but to Dumbledore's and then realizes that she's now headmistress. So the office is hers. Um, he. I feel like that was a little tacky though. Yes. <laughs> but I think. But I understand. Yeah, I say, why. Like I, I think, I think in any other situation, but. maybe like it would, she would go to her office. Like, I th- but I think that because of the situation, maybe it makes more sense. To go to, yeah. Because again, it is the headmaster's office, not not technically Dumbledore's. Um, I think there could be a couple reasons for that, and I don't know that I fully want to go into it because I'm not. Well, the portrait's got to huh? hear. That's one thing. The portrait's got to know. The portrait's, the portrait's already got to know. I mean, but like they they have to know what she's going oh, to yes. talk to Harry about. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. they got to stay informed with all the goings on, so they yes. know. Who, but I but I'm saying the portrait's already know. To. Because Dumbledore's portrait is already there. Oh. Which is yes. a question that I have, but wait till I'll wait till that after after I read this pers- this passage. Um so he did not know what he had expected when he entered the office, um, that the room would be draped in black, perhaps, or even that Dumbledore's body might be lying there. In fact, it looked almost exactly as it had done when he and Dumbledore had left, mere hours previously. Um but Fox's perch stood empty, and a new portrait had joined the ranks of the dead headmasters and headmistresses of Hogwarts. Dumbledore was slumbering in a golden frame over the desk. His half moon. He's sleeping moon, already? Probably not. His half moon spectacles perched upon his crooked nose, looking peaceful and untroubled. You know the head. You know the uh, things always. Uh, they pretend. They pretend. Also, I'm sure he's like, "Wow, I just died. Probably shouldn't be trying to talk to nobody just yet. Let me let me take some time to ease into my new position." Um, but mm-hmm. but my question though is like, how does this work? Like, who put the who put the uh portrait here because so i so Magic. there's so um i'm gonna i meant to pull it up but i forgot to um can i tell you my head yeah you it's on powder it? more so like because well well hold up so let me because this is actually going to be pretty simple for me to find um but i can just okay. it's in my head right your, now what's your thing <laughs> I personally think it's like when presidents have their library, like they're collecting, they're continuously collecting their letters and things like throughout their presidency. And so when he became headmaster, someone painted the portrait and then the portrait was always there. And so it could imbibe his essence and things. Cause we talk about how the portraits have well, what I was going to say is that's not, that's a that's, tie. Okay. Well then that's what I was going to say. Cause that's not actually headcanon. That's actually what happens. Okay. Well, yeah, I just think he's like, the portrait was my question is not where my question is not where and then magic puts well so that's my question about the magic because so the headmaster headmistress is painted before their death this is on pottermore um that's the hogwarts portrait thing the portrait is completed um and is put under lock and key but the headmaster or mistress regularly visits it and it's covered um to teach it to act and behave like themselves, exactly like themselves, imparting useful memories, pieces of knowledge that may be shared throughout the centuries with their successors in office. So, um, that is interesting to me, just in part, partly because, like, later we'll see in the next book, like, the portrait is very important. 
um, for Order of the Phoenix things in the future. But also, my thing is, like, how does it... Like, there has to be some kind of charm. And, like, my thing more is, like, what is this charm that knows when the person dies and then immediately puts itself on the wall? Like, it's such a very yeah. specific spell to me that I, that that's why I'm always like, well, how does this happen? Because it just feels very specific. But it's also, you know, super Not magic. Ma- I mean, it's magic, but I you know I'm more like, what kind of magic? <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, it's very nitpicky. Um, Amani says that Albus is dumping the pimps yeah. in Dante's <laughs> portrait, which I wonder is not how untrue. that that might be also thing. It's like, whoops, just spilled all my very wet. Yeah, but could also be a shortcut as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, after glancing at his portrait, McGonagall made an odd movement, odd movement as though stealing herself, and then rounded the desk to look at Harry. Um, Harry, he, she said, also pointing out, like, this is the first time that she's, like, called him by his first name. Um, like, she's, it's not, not Potter. Um, Harry, she said, I would like to know what you and Professor McDumbledore were doing this evening when you left school. I can't tell you that, Professor said Harry. Um, it had been here in this very room that Dumbledore had told him he was to confide the contents of their lessons to nobody but Ron and Hermione. Harry, it might be important. It is. Very, uh, said Harry, very, but he didn't want me to tell anyone. Um, McGonagall glared at him. Potter. Harry registered the re- renewed use of his surname. <laughs> In the light of Professor Dumbledore's death, death, I think you might see the situation has changed somewhat. I don't think so, said Harry. Professor Dumbledore never told me to stop following his orders if he died. But there's one thing you should know before the ministry gets here. Um, so then he tells her about Madame Rosmer- Rosmerta being under the Imperious Curse. Um, and then Professors Sprout, Flitwick, and Slughorn enter with Hagrid. Um, Snape ejaculated Slughorn, which I just, I don't like that. No, That terminology. I get it, but I don't Mm -mm. like it. Snape, I taught him. I thought I knew him. And I'm just like, please shut up. You taught Tom Riddle. We know you don't know nobody. Let's stop acting like you knew some (laughs) shit. Tom Riddle's ass came up to you talking about, can you tell me exactly the the step by step? Or uh, instructions on how to create horcruxes, and you told him that shit. Someone told me that I had to speak the soul for twenty minutes, and you told him, "No, no, no, my boy, that shit." Right, and then takes was somehow long time you wanted somehow to marinate surprised for when at least said, a day. Then was somehow surprised when he said, when he all of a sudden was creating horcruxes and melting off his face and became a dark lord. So don't talk about you thought you knew Snape because you didn't. Let's stop. Let's stop with that. Delia said, "Don't act like, brand new, slug." He only knows people. He only knows what people right. can do for him. He right. doesn't know Just people. Dumb. Anyway, um, uh, so Everard, uh, one of the headmasters slash portraits, tells uh, McGonagall that the minister will be there within seconds. Um, McGonagall says, "I want to talk about what happens to Hogwarts before he gets here. Personally, I am not convinced the school should reopen next year. The death of a headmaster at the hands of one of our colleagues is a terrible stain upon Hogwarts's history. It is horrible." I'm sure Dumbledore would have wanted the school to remain open to Professor Sprout. I feel that if a single pupil wants to come, then the school ought to remain open for that pupil. This is the most Hufflepuff response ever. Boom. But also, continuing, um, but will we have a single pupil after this? Parents will want to keep their children at home. I can't say I blame them. Personally, I don't think we're in more danger. 
at Hogwarts than anywhere else. Except the muggles who y'all right. ain't gonna tell. You can't expect mothers to just, to think like that, which I'm, part of me is like, just mothers, but okay. They'll want to keep their families together. It's only natural. So Slughorn came through with the Slytherin response. I agree, said McGonagall. And in any case, it is not true to say Dumbledore never envisaged a situation in which Hogwarts might close. Um, for example, like the Chamber of Secrets. Professor Dumbledore's murder is the most is more disturbing to me than the idea of Slytherin's monster living undetected in the bowels of the castle, which is like, really, though? But also, that's a Gryffindor-ass response. Apparently. <laughs> Gryffindors love them some Dumbledore. Um, we uh. must consult the governors, said Professor Flitwick, as a true Ravenclaw. We must follow the established procedures. A decision should not be made hastily. Like, I just, I appreciate, like, we don't get especially Sprout and Flitwick very often, so it's just yep. funny to me that, like, each of their responses is very indicative of their house. Like, I was reading at this time, like, wow, of course you would say this thing. It's really on brand. Yeah. I like it. I love on it. On brand. Um, Hagrid, you haven't said anything, said McGonagall. Um, Hagrid says, I don't know. That's for the heads of houses to decide. Um, Dumbledore always valued your, a pit, or valued your views, said McGonagall, and so do I. Well, I'm staying, said Hagrid. It's me home, and it's been me home since I was 13. And if there's a kid who wants me to teach him, there aren't. Sorry. Um, I'll do it. <laughs> Damn. Uh, it was not a lie. But did you have to be so, like, there wrong no with it, though? There are no kids want Hagrid to teach them. They might like Hagrid as friends. There might they be. They might want to hang out with him and Fang. There's a Charlie wanna... Jr. No. out there somewhere. No. No. Not when Grumbly Plank exists. They don't want Hagrid to teach them. It's not the case. It's just not. They want to be. They want to hang out with Hagrid. You know. You might. They want to. They want to see what he does with the Christmas decorations and the Halloween pumpkins. They want him to keep the grounds. Exactly. And the they don't want him to teach them. That's not what they want. Um, very well, said McGonagall. Um, I must agree with Phileas that the right thing to do is to consult the governors who will make the decision. Um, now, as to getting the students home, we can arrange for the Hogwarts Express to come tomorrow, if necessary. What about Dumbledore's funeral, said Harry. Well, said McGonagall, I know that it is Dumbledore's wish to be laid to rest here at Hogwarts. Then that's what will happen, isn't it, said Harry. If the Ministry thinks it's appropriate, no other headmaster or headmistress has ever been, no other headmaster or headmistress ever gave more to this school, growled uh, Haggard. Hogwarts should be Dumbledore's resting place, said, or final resting place, said Flitwick, absolutely, said Sprout. And in that case, you shouldn't send the students home until the funeral is over. They'll want to say the last word caught in his throat, but Professor Sprout completed the sentence for him. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, goodbye just, to you. Uh, let's not do that. Goodbye to everything um, so, that I knew. Okay, Robin, this is the third time. Okay. Um, he's coming. The minister, by the look and by the looks of it, he's brought a delegation. Can I leave, Professor? Said Harry, because he's like, I don't want to be anywhere near Scrimger at this time. So, let me go. And McGonagall's like, Yep, go right ahead. Bye. Um, and quickly mm -hmm. she said, Get out. Um, so then Harry goes off to the Gryffindor common room. Uh, is it true? Whispered the fat lady. Is it really true? Dumbledore dead? Yes, said Harry. Um, she let out a wail and without waiting for the password, slung forward to admit him. Um, the common room is jam-packed, but Harry walks right through it and goes to the dormitories as he hoped Ron was waiting there for him. Um, 
and then Ron's like, did you find, like, you know, they're, you know, they now get to talk mm-hmm. about Horcrux. Debrief time. Debrief, so he's like, or debrief part two. Did you find one? Did you get it? A Horcrux? Harry shook his head. Um, it wasn't there? No, someone had already taken it and left the fake in its place. Um, wordlessly, Harry pulled the fake locket from his pocket, that rhymes, um, and opened it and passed it to Ron. R.A.B., whispered Ron, but who was that? Um, Dunno, he said. He felt no, no curiosity about R.A.B. He doubted he would ever, ever feel, he doubted he would ever feel curious again. Um, as he lay there, or sorry, he suddenly yeah, came true. aware that Fox had stopped singing and he knew, um, that the Phoenix had gone, had left Hogwarts for good, just as Dumbledore had left the school, had left the world, had left Harry. That last ellipsis was uncalled for. And I benched J.K. Rowling yeah, for that in weird. particular. Um, MVP? Uh, Floor Delacour. Right. Because finally, right? like, saying, like, just put some respect on her check. The thing that needed to be said. Yeah. That's all. That's mm-hmm. really what needs to happen. And run her her tiara. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree, Fleur. I think that it was one of those things where you're always, like, in this balance with people, especially, like, who are older than you and possibly, like, you know, like, in this position of, like, respect, you know, because she's going to, like, and also you want, she wants to impress her future Mm mother-in-law. But, like, at a certain point, like, respect must be given Mm -hmm. to be earned or whatever. And, like, and then also to just, like, in public, just like dismiss her her um, like ethics, morals, her like who she is. You know what I mean? Just be like, oh, you just some shallow blah blah blah. Like with all these strangers present, right. who is you? Right. Talking all this mo- nonsense. Exactly. Um, Amani MVP's floor for dealing with all that anti-femme bullshit. Deading. Deading. For deading all that anti-fem bullshit. My brain just was like, no, that's a typo. I'm going <laughs> to fix the... Fix <laughs> the... Um, Tiana MVP's McGee for being a boss and compartmentalizing through her sorrow and heavy emotions, which is real. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Also, you still eat a slip up and you said McDumbledore. And I was like, that's the ship name. Or the tugboat name. <laughs> Mc- McDumbledore. McDumbledore. Um, Delia also MVP's Fleur for finally saying what needed to be said and standing up for her, standing up for and by her man, um, finched. Um, the entire wizarding world for, like, this anti-werewolf bullshit that then requires Remus to, you know, have to deal with privileged non-werewolves who just want them to want him to uh, reassure them that their babies will be all right. Um, and also for just not letting werewolves live their lives as regular members and f- members of society, but also Fenra Greyback for being a gross pedophile person biter when he's not actually a werewolf, like being able to control that shit and then being gross and then not washing his damn ass. He's disgusting. Yes. So I have two benches, and one of them is going to be a little controversial, so I'm going to open with this one. 
Um, and I have to bench. It's a mini bench. It's like a, it's, I don't know what it is. It's a mini bench, but it must be said, which is Remus. I just feel like I need you to stop running away from your problems and take them on head first because like you're wreaking, you're causing a lot of like damage and havoc to yourself and to those who love you or who want to love you or who are trying to love you. And like you are making life, uh, you're making a hard life harder. And I want better for you. I don't know. If... Just want you to love yourself more. Okay. You know? And I feel like maybe he doesn't need a benching for that. Maybe he needs like a, a Yanma hug or a trip to, to the Yeah, I'm like, like, a bench. I don't know. I don't know what that is. That's what I said. It's like, is it a mini bench? I don't know. But I just feel like it needs to be said. Like, I need you to do your work. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I don't know. It's not a, Yeah. I'm getting yelled at in the chat, which, I mean, is valid, but, like, I just think that, like, I want him to love himself more and to, like, see all the greatness that we see. I'm fucking wearing a Mooney shirt right now. Like, obviously. It's my dude. Um, and then a real bench bench, <laughs> a full bench, is to the Weasleys. Yeah. Minus Bill. Okay. Um, because, like, Molly, for the shit that she's saying about um, Floor and, like, just how she's treating him in general, Ron, for the whole, somebody has to pay for the fact that my brother is a grown man who made a decision and things didn't turn out well. Um, fucking Jenny for shushing someone's grief. What the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. That was a thing just, that she did. Yeah. Arthur and Bill are the only ones, or the only Weasleys not showing their ass this chapter. <laughs> but Arthur needed to check his wife, which, no, I don't know. No, but yes, but no. <sighs> okay. Um, so Amani benches Molly, just chill for once. Dahlia benches Molly for being the embodiment of this series anti-fem narrative and not being more welcoming to her future daughter-in-law from Jump. Um, and Tiana is typing. All right. Tiana benches the aura department at the ministry for, for not putting any protections in place when knowing that a sociopathic mass murderer is back attacking one child primarily and doing nothing. She also benches the entire wizarding world for not having counselors at school. I say this not only because I am a school counselor, but because trauma is real. Generational trauma is real. Vicarious trauma is real. And we need to do something about it. It was as it will not go away on its own. So she came in and said, your, your resident intellectual portion may not be here, but I have bars as well. Um, I also would like to shout out Tonks in the left field. Just, you know, trying hard. Not an MVP, but she's playing. Okay? She, she's, she's, she's here. She's here in left field holding it down. Pop fly, she got it. Swoop, ground ball, swoop, swap, swerve. She got you. You know? I don't know what any of those things mean, but okay. I mean, I'm mostly just making up words. But she's out here in the left field is all I'm saying. No, I mean, I got. I was talking I more about the baseball references of pop oh. fly and stuff. But. Ball gets hit up. You catch it before it hits the ground. I know I'm what a pop saying, fly is. I'm just saying that baseball is it's dumb. Not. It's not. Let's not do that. Thank you for listening. Next week we will discuss chapter 30 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, The White Tomb. It's the final chapter. 
of this book. Um, make sure to follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched for the chapter. Also, get in your votes for previous chapters if you have not already. Um, join the conversation on Twitter at We Black and Nerds, hashtag Wizard Team. And don't forget we're doing our live tweet of the Half Blood Prince on November 10th. Um, use the hashtags Wizard Team and HPHBP. Um, and after the movie, we'll do our <laughs> last episode of Half Blood Prince, where we recap both the book and the movie and figure out who is the real MVP and who is benched for the entire book. Um, which means that November 10th is also the deadline for getting in all of your MVPs and benches. Um, on November 21st, we will start Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. Get your votes in. We'll see you next week. Soon. Yeah. Very next soon. week. Um, and happy Halloween. Ooh. Oh, I don't know. That's Dr. Who. <laughs> <laughs> I started trying to do like a ghost scoop book and it just turned into Dr. Who. That's fine. Ooh.